Welcome to this week's message. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Donovan Friesen, an associate pastor here at Southland Church. For more information about this message and other resources, visit myselfland.com. Really exciting to come and share with you uh, this morning. Some of you have had overload of Donovan in the last number of weeks if you've taken the evangelism course. And so I haven't known that, but people have come and said, it feels like I've been hanging out with you for a long time. And so I, I was trying to set it up to get a Chris Dirksen kind of sermon series that goes for a lot of weeks. So I got the evangelism course. Last week, the grade eight's moving through, and now we get to do this. So I thought that would be a good combination for you. Anyway, it has been said, people can't live without them, can hardly live with them. Something like that, right? There's all these little phrases that we use, and yet we need people. And if this earth, if we didn't have people around, if we didn't have people, this, this world that God created would be um, beautiful, but no one would know, right? God and his angels, that was it. We really need people. And to understand people, this is a, can be a real challenge. And so today I want to deal with this topic of dealing with people and how we're going to do it. I'm going to look at kind of four categories taken out of the book of Proverbs. I'm going to kind of label people into it. And some of you already I can just hear, I hate being labeled. Please don't put me in a category. That's okay. Somehow we just got to put it together so that you can get a bit of an understanding and grasp of what we're going to do. We're going to look to see how to understand, how to relate to people, different types of people, and then how do we help people come to know Jesus? That's ultimately where I want to get to today. So would you bow your heads and let's, let's pray together. Jesus, it is so good to be here. Thank you that it's not just Donovan's words that are being spoken. Your Holy Spirit is here and present and wants to take these words and actually translate them into our lives that we would get to know you more. God, that's my prayer today. God, my prayer is that people would not just hear words, God, that it would go from their ears into their mind and into their heart and that, God, somehow today people would become changed and transformed. God, somehow today the people would desire to know you more. So thanks, Jesus, for what you want to accomplish here today. In your name we pray. Amen. Proverbs 1, 22, spoken from the perspective of wisdom, it says this, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing, and fools hate knowledge? These are kind of the four that we're going to look at. So it's spoken from wisdom, and we're going to look at simple, fool, and scoffer. Okay, so I'm not going to do a show of hands to see which one you think you are, because I think that would be awkward. We're just going to assume that the vast majority of you, if not all of you, are wise, or at least on the trajectory of being wise. So we're going to start off with simple. Let's look at simple people. Simple people are, they're just a little naive. Okay, they're a little bit clueless. They, they lack a little bit of understanding. These are not bad. They're not evil people. They lack something that the rest of us have. Okay, they lack something that we'll call experience. Does that make sense? So these are typically young people, uh, could be moving into young adults, and clearly there's, a, there's this range of simple. Clearly a 15-year-old simple is different than a 25-year-old simple. Agreed? There's lots of young adults here under the age of 25. I'm not trying to pinpoint you. It's on the journey, but you're going to see where I'm going to go with this. If you grew up in a home that taught you wisdom principles all the way through from when you were really young, you will be at a different stage on the simple spectrum as someone who was not taught anything. That makes sense, right? You can nod with me. I work with youth. This is very, very helpful. Um, I'm going to give you an example, and I have to apologize probably to my family and our little household that we have. I used the, all week long, I was just talking about exactly this, and so they had to put up with a, a lot of being called simple or foolish or things like that. And so uh, I had a little conversation with my daughter. After supper one day, my oldest daughter, Michaela, she comes to me and says, Dad, do you think we could have some ice cream? I said, oh, my simple daughter. <laughs> uh, 
She loves it. She's here today. Oh, my simple daughter, let me teach you some wisdom. And uh, so I said to her, I said, Michaela, there's seven other children in our home. So if I give you ice cream, there's seven others. They're all right here. They're all going to want some ice cream. There might not be enough for all of us, or for the two of us, I mean. Right? You understand? I said, plus, you got some homework and studying to do. And I know that when you get going on your homework and studying, you're going to at some point need a little pick-me-up, and I'm going to have nothing to bribe you with. So I said, if you go and do some homework, and then later we can maybe bribe you with some ice cream. So wise daughter, what she does is she promptly goes upstairs to her room, starts doing homework. A little while later, I get a message about an hour later. Uh, Dad, I, I think I need to pick me up. <laughs> As a wise, wise girl, she's learning. Simple. Didn't know all the things, but I'm trying to teach her how to do this. And so it's true, and there's a lot more at stake than just ice cream. It's not a sin issue. It's not she didn't know because she's bad. We're just learning this stuff. And so it's not dumb or evil, had the chance just to teach her wisdom. The simple, they respond to wisdom. Simple people, they, they're not, because they're not bad, they respond to wisdom. And often, now young people, I know there's lots kind of that sit over there. The voice of wisdom inside of your life actually sounds an awful lot like, I, uh, I should almost bite my tongue, like your mom and dad. That's what wisdom kind of sounds like. It's, it sort of sounds like mom and dad. And mom and dad, you need to teach and model to your children wisdom. This is what they need. They need it from young on. In fact, it's your primary job. It's not just teach them this is right and this is wrong. Good, bad, sin, not sin. That's like a, a little piece of what we do. We actually teach our children how to become wise. Would you agree? We got to teach them how to become wise. So there's piles of wisdom things we can teach. I'm going to give a couple of examples, and uh, you can decide. So again, this is not sin issues. This is teaching and modeling. So suppose I'm walking down the street. As I'm going down the street, we come across someone who's homeless, and they're laying there, and they, they look like they haven't been in a home, and we would immediately recognize, oh, this person probably doesn't have a home. Your child blurts out, Dad, why is that person lying there? They should be going home. Why are they sleeping on the sidewalk? They should go home and have a bath or something like that. And you, right? And you like grab your child and you casually try to walk behind a building. And then in your loudest whisper, you grab them by the throat. What are you doing? You never say that. Uh, no, that's not what you do, but that's what you want to do. Here's a chance. It wasn't that they were trying to be bad. They weren't like trying to like rub it. They just didn't know. So you say to them, actually, let me teach you something. You have a chance to teach them about homelessness, you have a chance to teach them about money, about social justice, and if you wanted to really model it, you might take them and say, do you know what? I'm not sure. Why don't we go and talk with them? And you might walk with your child and go over and this person's on the street and say, hi, my name is, and they find out actually it's not difference. It's like God loves them. He wants relationship with them, and you can teach and model to your child. Do you get the difference here? It's on this journey that you got to take them. Let's, uh, let's look at picky eating just a little bit. This is not a sin issue. You can be a picky eater all you want. That's okay. Just don't come to my house. Okay. It may not be, it's not sin. It just may not be wise to be a picky eater. I'm going to explain why I think this way. We had a guest over for a meal some time ago. This is a long time ago, so none of you are that culprit, okay? And uh, it was someone that was a leader in my life. Had him over for a meal. My wife had made this meal. It was a lunchtime. Just made this meal. It wasn't anything fancy. Just had a few little dishes put together. Everything that we passed his way, he passed it by. <laughs> I was embarrassed for him, right? He passed it by and he said, yeah, you know what? Um, could I have like a, a sandwich or something? Well, of course. Like, 
Yes, for sure you can have a sandwich. Get a sandwich, pull out $12 worth of meat and toppings, and he makes himself a sandwich, okay? We made a meal, now he's having a sandwich. So he takes his bite, and he ate half of the sandwich, and that was it. Then he left it, and then he said, thank you so much for lunch, and walked away. And I said, over my dead body, he's never coming back again, right? <laughs> now, that's just how I felt. Why? Why do I think that's ridiculous? Okay, well, wisdom would say, because immediately my respect was gone for this individual. Wisdom would say, actually, it's not about you. Wisdom would say, eat a little bit of everything. It's okay, you're not going to die. If you're not deathly allergic to it, it's okay. Why would wisdom say eat a little bit of everything? Because you want to honor the person who made you the meal. right? You want to say thank you. All your work wasn't in vain. It was okay because, because it's not about you. Right? In following or living in the kingdom, living a life submitted to Jesus, it's not about you. It's about God and people. Say that. God and That's what it's about. So suck it up and eat. <laughs> can always go home later. You can have a burger on your way home. That's fine. That's okay. So parents, you can help to teach your kids a little bit of this, and you're teaching them wisdom. With my child or my children, and they can attest to this, suppose we have corn. Now, is corn good or bad for you? Good. All of you should say good. Some of you are like, ah, I don't really like corn. It's going to hit close to home. Put a little bit of corn in my kid's plate because they don't love corn. Okay? And I know they don't love corn, so I just put a little bit of corn. My kid says, I hate it. What do you do? Shut up, kid. Eat. No. <laughs> I have a much easier way. That's foolish. You take a little bit more corn and you put a little more corn in the plate. I hate it. Put a little more corn. Dad, I hate it. I put some more corn until they say, Dad, I don't really like corn. I'm like, oh, why didn't you just say so? See, I knew that. That's why I put a little bit in there. I just want you to eat a little bit of everything. See, corn is really good for you, and your mom worked at it, and you didn't make the food. Mom did. If you don't like corn when you cook, don't make corn, right? But here, every time you say, I hate it, what you're telling me is, I need more corn. <laughs> Do I get an amen or something from parents? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> It's not that your child uh, is going to die. It's not like they're trying to be bad. They just need to learn, and someone has to teach them. We've had a lot of young adults live in our house. This is one of the things that they tell us. It's hard to be a picky eater in your house. So we have a bunch of people eating with us, and my kids are like, um, why are they not eating their corn? <laughs> and we just smile, and it's very good. The simple just don't know any better. Adults... Moving toward foolishness is when you don't eat your corn on your plate when you come to my house. That's foolish. My kids will point it out, and I will not take them behind the wall and say, don't say that. They'll learn how to eat it. Okay, another example, Lord of the Rings. I'm not being an advocate to watch Lord of the Rings. However, it was fabulous. Pippin <laughs> touches this skeleton, and it falls into a well, right? Gandalf says to him, things go crazy. Gandalf says, you fool. Actually, what he meant to say was, you simple person. It just doesn't have the same, oh, when you say you simple man, right? He was foolish. He was just curious. He didn't know it would escalate into something really bad. Gandalf tells Pippin, don't touch the crystal ball or that whatever that ball is. Don't touch it. And he's laying there in his bed and he's staring at the cloth around the ball. And you're like inside, please don't touch it. Please don't look. No, that's stupid. Don't do it. Don't do it. And everyone knows what's the wise thing. Don't touch the ball. What does he do? Creeps out of bed and you're already cringing as he walks over and he holds the ball. What he doesn't know, he's... He's just simple. He's clueless. He doesn't know that at that moment, Sauron can now see them and they become hunted, right? It wasn't that he was bad or evil. He was curious or simple. 
A simple person can respond to wisdom. They might say something like, nothing is going to happen. I can handle it. And wisdom might say, well, I didn't handle it very good. Your brother didn't handle it very good. So kind of the trajectory would be you're not going to handle it very good, perhaps. They might say, mom and dad, you overreact. Wisdom might say, actually, I don't overreact because I'm a parent. I overreact because I foresee the future, right? They might say, a child might say something like, uh, or not know the consequences of money and not handling it well because they've never had major debt before. They haven't gone bankrupt. They haven't had interest rates at 15% or more. They don't know what that's like. They might not know the consequences of not being careful with your sexuality, right? It, it's not that we're trying to be bad or mean and stop them from doing stuff, but there's consequences they might not see. And wisdom would say, child, I just don't want you to get hurt or used. I don't want you to regret. That's what wisdom would say. To the simple, we say, don't trade your future for a moment, right? Because simple might, the simple might do that. Don't trade your future for a moment. We had a one young guy who lived with us, and he saved up money for almost a year to buy a gaming system when he was young. And, uh, and then just before the year came, and he was very close to having enough, his, enough money, his brothers convinced him the wise thing to do would be take all of his money and take his brothers out for dinner and a movie. So that's what he did in a moment. It was gone, and he'd saved up literally for almost a year. Don't do that. You can almost scream out and say, don't, no. You can, you can feel it inside. You know what the best thing to do is. To the simple, we say there's hope for you. Youth and young adults, you can grow in wisdom. It's not you stay in simple. You can, you can have both. You can have your youth, and you can have wisdom. But you're going to have to work for it. You're going to ask for it. Jesus, I want to know. What does that look like? Asking your parents and then responding that way. And finally, Get hungry so that you can grow in wisdom. It says this in James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So what's the cure for the simple? Two things, time and training. That's a beautiful thing. Simple, isn't it? Okay, you're sort of responding. You're, I just guess that you're writing notes frantically. The fool, let's look at the fool. The fool knows and doesn't care. <laughs> you might know some of these. Hey, don't you know that you're going to get hurt? Yep. Why are you doing it? I don't care. <laughs> right? Like that's, the fool is like that. Why don't you care? I just, I just don't care. I don't give a fill in the blank. Right? I don't give a rip what's going on. Hang on. In your first marriage, this didn't work. I know. I was there. I just don't care. It's like, oh my goodness. Why don't you care? Because I'm a fool. We like this kind of thing. This is how they kind of operate and act. Solomon says this about the fool. He says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. It's kind of like that. Why are you doing that? Because I'm a fool. I find pleasure in wicked things. <laughs> this stuff is fun. That's, a fool would say that a lot. It's just fun. Daughter comes home, you say, daughter, I know that he's cute. Okay, but he's, he's 30. He lives with his parents and doesn't have a job. Why? He's fun. You're like, oh boy, that's foolish, right? Like, that's bad. You should, that should be flags everywhere. If you have a, an area of your life where you say this inside your head, I know this is wrong, but. That should be a flag, right? I know this is wrong, but. I've had this many times in my life. Fool. Fool knows what's right and wrong. They know inside, and they do it anyway. At university, I saw porn on a computer for the first time. I was a youth leader at the time. I had the thought, you need to know how accessible porn is. Foolish, right? I knew right away, that's dumb, right? But 
I justified, yeah, oh, it's right, my wisdom is really good, I need to know. So I went and I looked, sure enough, it's accessible. It was really accessible. And then I knew, instinctively I knew, the second I saw it, got out of it, I'm like, whoa, I knew that I needed to go tell Kendra, my wife. I knew that I needed to. But good old me, I took my wisdom instead of God's wisdom, which was already in here speaking to me, and I decided, ah, I'll deal with it, I'll never look again. Boy, I could have saved myself seven months of pretty bad if I would have just gone and dealt with it right away with my wife. The fool knows and does anyway. Suppose someone comes to me who's looked at a lot of porn, and after hearing their story, I want to find out, are they like coming because their wife sent them, or are they coming because they want to grow in wisdom? They, they want to grow in this thing. And so I asked them something like, would you do anything to get free? Most people are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I want to see if they will, right? You, you present a certain way, but because it's a political game, but you got to figure this thing out. Typically, we know that the life can't just, right now, just, I'll never look at porn ever again in my life. It, it doesn't usually work that way. There's a journey to come through, although sometimes it does. But I try to find manageable steps that they can take, that they don't feel overwhelmed. Not like, okay, well, what you need to do is destroy your computer, get rid of your internet, you got to go to 37 personal ministry sessions, and then you have to go to an encounter 12 times, you got to meet with Pastor Ray, and he needs to anoint you with a bottle of oil. Like, <laughs> that would be overwhelming, and we would all, no, we're out. I might say to them, well, why don't we start with confessing it to God? And we know it's the right thing to do anyway, but they confess it to God, and we might say something like, do you think maybe we need to block your internet, or maybe we can talk to your wife about it? Or maybe we say something like, maybe your phone, and maybe we should just block it, like, what would you like? And so I'm testing. I'm not just trying to come up with a plan to make me feel good. I'm testing to see, like, are they foolish or do they actually want wisdom? Do they want to take a step towards wisdom? That's the test after every meeting that someone would want to move a little bit closer to wisdom or toward God. So if the person says to me, well, Donovan, listen, I need full access to the internet because of my job and I go like this and I got to do my banking and I study this. I said, no problem, I say. That's okay. When you really want a deal, then come talk to me. When this plan doesn't work anymore, come and talk to me and it's fine. Fools, they keep repeating history, but don't change anything. That's what a fool would do. Einstein said this about insanity, to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. That would be foolish, correct? And yet that would be how this describes. It's like the dog returns to his vomit. He's a fool who repeats his folly. Suppose you hate who you are, okay? Suppose there's these lies inside that you hear, I'm no good, no one loves me, God made a mistake with me, I'm not whatever, I, I should have been different, I should just take my life, whatever those things are. But you don't like it, you don't like that you feel that way or have it, so you want it to be different, so what do you do? Well, if you were a fool, what you would do was, you would just hate your life and do nothing different. You would blame God and make no changes. That's how a fool would deal with chaos if, of what you hate. Perhaps you want to change, but you would do this. You, you still tell people lies about yourself, right? You, you still come up with stuff trying to make yourself look better than you actually are. That would be a foolish thing to do. You're the one who's the fool then. You can never be free or grow in wisdom as long as you lie about who you are. Then you put on this mask and this face and you actually can't become free that way and you end up hurting everyone around you because people think you're telling the truth and then they find out you're lying, and then trust is broken, and they don't know if they can trust you. There's hurt. It says in Proverbs 13, 20, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. That's what will happen. I can hear people saying, I don't want to lie. I just do. I can't stop it. It's like my whole life, all I've done is lie and lie. I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom today. 
Wisdom, if you can't stop, what you do is you think about one person right now that you can trust. And as soon as we're done the service, you go to the person and say, I'm a liar. I struggle with lying. That would be the start of moving toward wisdom. Okay, if you can get that far, the second thing that you would do is say, I want to tell you a lie that I have told everybody. I want to tell you what the lie is, but I want to tell you the truth as well. That would be a good next step. And then you could even say, and I'm terrified to tell you because I feel stupid because it's not even a good lie. I feel like an idiot that I've even lied about this, but I just, I'm tired of living that way. That would be wisdom for someone who feels like they just can't stop lying. The thing is, people around you, they know. They already know. Just eventually you say, okay, I'm going to actually bring it out because I want it to change. There's only two options for fools. Stay a fool or choose wisdom, in which case you're no longer a fool. Okay, fools talk and don't listen. Proverbs 10.10, a babbling fool will come to ruin. They just talk. They talk and talk and talk. They just love the sound of their voice. Again, I'm not talking about extroverts are fools and introverts are wise. I'm hooped if that is the case. Uh, I'm slightly extroverted. I might be extroverted. Proverbs 12.15, don't laugh at me. (laughs) The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Okay, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. That's why they like to talk, because they're... Right, they are God's gift to all people. Uh, maybe. Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. I really like that. It's like, if a person is talking, they realize, I'm talking all the time, and they just go, and just stop talking, they're ready on the journey of wisdom. They're, they're ready going. That, that's it. all it takes to start and change the trajectory is just take one thing and just say, God, I'm in. I want that. That's what I, that's what I want. Proverbs 29, 11. I'm going to sit here just for a minute. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. In our church, of course, we talk about openness and honesty and vulnerability. Absolutely non-negotiables. But wisdom says there is a time also to hold back. Think about this. Why would ever wisdom say hold back? Shouldn't we be completely honest and transparent? Well, actually, wisdom wants you to Think first. It's not all about you, remember? It's not being unhonest. It's being wise, actually. There's many other things that are going on besides just blast and give everyone everything that you think about them or have ever thought about them or wished about them. It's not, it's not wise in which to do that. What you do is it's going on. A wise person will look at the other person. They'll give a little bit, and then they want to receive a little bit, and it goes back and forth. And if you find out you're the only person that's going, that's called a sermon, Right? They're like, oh, right, you chose to come to listen today. But someone, when you meet them on the street and you start talking to them and they're like, hey, they give nothing back, wisdom says, ah, zip it, right? It's about relationship, not about you. Say it's not about me. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> okay, so if you see, hear yourself, you walk out of here and you walk and you go to the lobby and you start talking and you realize, oh boy, I've just gone three minutes. Also, there's a little check and you're like, I just talk all the time. At that moment, just finish your statement and just ask the other person, like, what about you? Become fascinated with knowing about them, why they came, what did they get out of the message, what does this look like? And you become to know them. That would be a very wise thing to do. Suppose you're at work and something bad happens and you go to tell someone and you catch yourself mid-sentence. You're, you're going off and you're venting and all of a sudden you realize, oh, this is like gossip. I should probably stop. Wisdom talking to you, right? And you stop for a minute. 
a great thing to do. It's not like you have to just confess, I am so sorry that I just gossiped. You can say that. Or you can say, if you were in my situation, what would you do? And they would probably give you this lovely answer that you already knew, right? Because it's not just them being smart, right? It's you, them, God is speaking. You're like, oh yeah, I know, that's what I should do. The number of times that people have come to me and said, Donovan, I, come, I don't know why I come see you, because I come in here and I know exactly what you're going to say. It's wisdom. It's not me. It's God, correct? It's wisdom that ends up speaking to you. The cure for the fool, you want to know what it is. So the cure for the simple is time and training. The cure for the fool is this. You ready for it? Tragedy. That's a bad word. Tragedy, or you can choose wisdom, in which case you're not foolish. Here's the warning for the fools. Fools think this way. My life, my body, my time, my money, I can do whatever I jolly well please. No, that's not true. Just means that your foolishness has blinded you from your own selfishness. That's what it's done. The companion of fools suffers harm. Fool suffers, and you will eventually hurt somebody else. And you say, I didn't mean to hurt them. And wisdom would say, I know you didn't mean to hurt them, but you still did. doesn't change the fact that you were foolish. That was ridiculous. This is why parents get concerned about who their kids hang out with. You don't want your kids hanging out with fools. Why? They don't care about your kid, about their emotions, about anything. They care about themselves and just them. That's not good. That's why we want to make sure that we as parents are careful who our kids hang out with. If you don't want tragedy, then turn to wisdom. That's the message for you. Someone here could say, why would God choose tragedy for a fool? Well, actually, because he's already tried to speak to you. He's already sent people into your life. He's tried to draw you. He's leading you into himself, and you've just, no, I'm out. Because a fool knows what's right and says, no way, I'm not in. So God says, okay, I guess I'm going to have to use tragedy. Right? It's like, a, it's like a parent and a child. It's actually the most loving thing. Your child keeps doing something. You want their behavior to change? Listen, you can't keep doing that. If you're going to do it, I'm going to have to bring about tragedy. It's called the right hand of tragedy. Right? <laughs> One solid wall of it. Because we want change, right? We want relationship to be entered into again. Right? Tragedy is one of the most loving things because God loves you so much that he wants relationship with you. So he says, come. And if you don't listen to his call, his spirit drawing you, then he has no option but to bring about tragedy because he loves you. That's a good God. Let's look at the mocker and the scoffer. The Bible doesn't give us tons about them. Just beware of mockers. <laughs> Bible basically says, have nothing to do with them. Try to deal with them, they're going to hate you. They want wisdom or they want knowledge and wisdom only in vain. That's what they want. They don't, or you definitely don't want to work for these people. You don't want to work for a mocker because it'll suck. It's like fool gone crazy, right? It's like next level of really bad. Um, no, seriously, it's really bad. Uh, typically, there's not a lot of fools, I mean, scoffers that come to church. This isn't a very good environment, especially not today. And you don't want to invite these people either. See, if you're simple, simple can grow in wisdom, right? And if they don't want to, they're foolish. But so the simple, you want to bring them to church, correct? Absolutely. Fools, you got to think twice. This is like a maybe. If they're on the trajectory of moving towards wisdom, yes, invite them to church. If they're on the trajectory of whoop, scoffer, don't bring them to church. We have this weird thing in our head that says, everyone, if they just come to church, then they'll be saved. They'll be good. No. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Come to church, you're going to build this thing up to make it even worse. 
And scoffers, please don't ever bring them to church. Please, I'm begging you. Don't bring them. What do mockers do? They laugh at you. Oh, they laugh. And they don't laugh with you. It's not because you're funny. They're laughing at you. It's not good. It doesn't feel good. Oh, you wear pants to church? Ooh. You carry a Bible? That's so... Your hands up in worship? What is this? Some kind of parte? Like, you understand what I'm saying? And it just keeps going until you feel like, oh, sucker, why did I bring them? And you're thinking, but a godly person clearly brings them to church. All godly people, that's what they do. We got to bring them. To no, 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 no. Mockers don't need to come to church. They're condescending and critical. You're always off balance around them. Just when you think you're good, wham, they just catch you. Just when you're nice with them. A curveball. Another one comes, and it's gone once again. If you work for them, you're miserable. And they always come off. This one's great. They always come off as smarter than you, but they're not. Those are really hard people. Amen. That's, yes, I know. It's exactly how it feels. Mockers and scoffers try to control everyone and everything if possible. They have to be in power and control. That's what they want. They control their world by cynicism, they use their knowledge to control. This is not, again, talking about people who are desiring to grow and they struggle in it. I'm, that's on the trajectory of wisdom. These people don't want to grow and change. They don't want to. They want power and control. So what do you do with these people? Don't you all want to know? Two things the Bible says you can do with him. First one, Proverbs 22.10. Drive the scoffer out. And strife, quarreling, abuse will stop. Business owners, if you have a scoffer on staff, if they are your best on staff, but they are scoffers, everyone dances around these people, but they scoff everything. Da, 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 da. If you remove them, you will also remove strife, quarreling, and abuse. Not to mention the rest of your staff are going to love you. They're going to be, oh, thank you. And their productivity, whoop, right? Because like, oh, they value us more than just profit of some wiener who just does whatever. <laughs> Can't believe I said that. <laughs> We had hot dogs yesterday, okay? It was a great barbecue night. <laughs> what else do you do with a scoffer? Number two, you can punish or discipline the scoffer. Right? You can punish or discipline them so that the simple will gain wisdom. Whoa, that's cool. So in your attempt to help the scoffer, then the simple also, those who are young, learning wisdom, they also get to learn this thing. And perhaps that's why you have a scoffer in your midst. is so that you can actually discipline and punish them so that... The simple can learn as well. We're trying to teach them wisdom. Early on years here at, at Southland, we did youth ministry, and the, the model was everyone come to youth group, right? Just come to youth group. And one day I went to Pastor Ray. I said, Pastor Ray, do we have to allow the rebellious kids to come to youth group? Do we have to, right? Like, I know that's the model. Bring all, everyone. Do we have to allow them, or the mockers and scoffers, the fools and the mockers, do we have to allow them to come? We deliberated over it for a bit. Pastor Ray said, actually, no, church isn't for them. Are you kidding me? I can send them out? This is amazing. This is like not taught anywhere in youth ministry. You never kick a kid out. It's always work with them, right? The customer's always right. So I remember taking many a kid. I would walk him to the edge of the property, put him right here, put him there and say, you are no, lo no longer welcome here, right? You're not allowed to come here. You're not welcome here because you disrespect everyone. So when you're ready to be respectful, then you can have your parents call me and we can get together and talk about it to see if you're ready to come back. Many kids. We have some of them that are back here today. I won't tell you names, but they know who they are. They might even be in the service. And I'm not 
saying who that is. Anyway, what did it teach everybody else? Because we were teaching the simple by putting up a boundary, putting up this barrier for them. We taught them something. We taught the simple that rebellion is not okay. We taught them that the chaos that they were feeling inside with these people was the same chaos we all felt. It was like, ah, every time they came, you're like, ah, that's how it felt. My leaders got relieved, and they were like, oh, actually, we don't have to be like abused babysitters anymore. We can actually disciple people. It was beautiful how this thing worked. You might be thinking of someone right now that you know is a scoffer. These people are not good at debating. No, 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 no. As soon as you bring something up, wham, they just pounce on you. You know those ones, right? Like, they just jump on you. You can never win because it's not about searching for truth. It's about being right. They want control. This is like my favorite thing about protesters. Sarcasm. Favorite thing. Can we have a conversation about what you're protesting about? You hate me! No, no I, I don't hate you. I, you hate me! No, actually, I don't hate Why do you hate me? <laughs> and you get all, I, don't, I guess maybe I hate them. And they put you in chaos. You're like, I guess I hate them. This is not good. I, I, I guess I do hate you. <laughs> they have this way of doing it because they're not interested in truth. And it's almost impossible to have a relationship with these people. I had a young man who was uh, in my youth group years ago when I was in Winnipeg. Love this man to pieces. I hadn't seen him in about 10 years. He sent me a Facebook message, and uh, he was really depressed. And in the journey, he said, I'm, I'm kinda, he told me, I'm reaching out. I need help. I don't know what to do. So we began our conversation and dialoguing. He had, there's discrepancies in the Bible, and he thought there's contradictions, and I'd send him some of Chris's stuff, and I'd write him some of my stuff, and he would just run back and forth, and it seemed to be good, and every question was answered. Like, what about this contradiction? I'd be like, oh, well, it's very simple. It's just like this. Well... And he just kept going, right? And I kept saying, why don't we meet in person? Why don't we get together and let's talk about it? And uh, let's just search truth together. I said, if I'm wrong, that's okay. I just want to know I'm wrong so I don't keep following wrong, right? So he refused to get together with me. And then all of a sudden one day, just like a typical scoffer, he sends me this message. He's like, you're a beep. You can beep and then beep. And I never want to beep. So you can beep. And it just kept, <laughs> I wish Facebook had, and it just kept going, right? It didn't stop. And then in typical scoffer format, send, block. Right? So I couldn't be like, like ream them out. <laughs> I couldn't be like, man, like that was out of left. No, no, no. I couldn't. Nothing, nothing. G gone. Why? Power and control. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't hate this young man. In fact, I love him dearly. I've invested a lot of my life into this one. And I know he's hurting inside. He's gone down the road of scoffer. In fact, if you'd be listening to this today, I know that I can't actually have a conversation with him. I can't talk about this stuff. I, I can't search for truth in him, but I can love him. I can pray like mad for him. And one day, when his heart turns, or God says, now, then I'm ready because my heart desires to know him. My heart desires to be with him, and I want to help him. It's not a hatred thing. We don't hate scoffers. Actually, these are the ones he says, God says, pray for your enemies. These are the ones. These, we're supposed to love the ones that are hard to love. Anyone can love a friend, but an enemy, that becomes a challenge. This person, I love him like crazy, but I fear that he's going to have to go through disaster first. So let me summarize. Correct the simple, they're not going to get it. Just, they don't have the experience yet. It's not bad. Correct a fool, they're going to ignore you. And correct a mocker, they're going to hate you. But correct the wise. This is what they'll do. They'll thank you. Correct the wise and they'll thank you because they seek understanding. Correct the wise and they thank you because they look at everything in the context of everything, right? Of all the different pieces, there's so much more involved. They don't allow their position, their manhood, their spot to drive their relationships. 
and they keep trying to get better. They want to move closer to Jesus. Ah, it's so good to work with those that are seeking wisdom. Eventually, though, all of these people, they're going to need wisdom. The thing is, many people choose not to go there. And wisdom would say, if you stay in one of these spots too long, simple, fool, mocker, if you stay there too long, eventually it, your vision will get clouded and you won't even be able to hear wisdom anymore. And you'll be stuck there. And it's not because of God's lack of love for you. It's actually because of your human condition. It's very different. Okay, so who's who? That's what we want to get to. How do we figure these people out? How do we do it? I said we're going to deal with people, so i got to get through this piece. I have the joy with meet with a lot of different people, and they come in for a variety of different reasons, everything you can imagine. And there's lots of people that come in with a mask on, right? So they come in, and how do you know? How do I know? How do you know when you meet with someone who they actually are based on what they present that they are? And sometimes they come in and it's truth, but how do you do that? And so we're going to look at it. At first glance, someone comes in, Bold, fiery, and aggressive. Clearly they are a scoffer or a fool, right? Wrong. <laughs> Doesn't mean that they're a scoffer just because they're abrasive. Everyone needs to be heard. Maybe they just had no one in their corner before. Importantly, they need someone that they can trust to be vulnerable with and so they can get past the mask. They might be a scoffer, but they could very well not be that way. Does that make sense to you? So if they are taking, here's the point, if they are taking steps to grow, then we treat them as someone that is seeking wisdom. Does that make sense? So they come in, if they're taking steps, treat them like someone seeking wisdom. Someone comes in, they could be quick with their tongue and not stop talking, ever. They are foolish, right? Well, they could be. They could also be really nervous that they're meeting with you. They might not have ever opened up before. If they are taking steps to grow, you treat them as someone who is seeking wisdom. Wisdom, right. They could come in and they're happy and pleasant and kind. You like to be around them. They're wise or simple, right? Or they might be a scoffer that's trying to find out things so that next meeting they can take your words and twist them and manipulate them to nail you with them. But if they are taking steps to grow, then we treat them as someone seeking wisdom. You follow me? That's what we do. Where am I? If they're not taking steps to grow, if they're, then they would be what we would call foolish. Because simple people, if they're growing, then they're growing. Simple. But if they stop growing, moves into foolishness or moves that way. And they choose to repeat history. So if they are not taking steps to grow, then what do we do? Three things. We need wisdom from Jesus. Who do we need wisdom from him? Because he loves them. He knows the inside, the outside, the upside, the downside. He knows all about them. Every side down. Whatever it is. And then out of that... Then you can grow in a love for them, and you can have a desire to help the person. But this means you're going to actually have to spend time with Jesus and pray. Some of you are like, I don't know what to pray about. I go to the prayer room, I'm like, I'm lost, I got nothing, nothing resonates. Actually start to be with people and walk with them. I'll tell you, that you're going to have reason to pray, right? Someone tells you to, beep, you're, whoa, whoa, out of left field, God, I need your wisdom, what do I do? And wisdom is different for each person. How I do it and minister, how you do it and minister to them, it's different. Not all of us are evangelists. Not all of us are apostolic or prophetic. It doesn't matter. We're all different, working with different people. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need wisdom. This is the whole reason. And sometimes I get arrogant, right? We wouldn't say arrogant. Sometimes we get arrogant and we're like, oh, I know the answer for this one. I've, I've so gone down this road before. 
No. It's not like that because every person is different. Wisdom is submitting to Jesus as functional Lord. Wisdom is submitting to Jesus as functional Lord. So I'm going to give you four practical ways to deal with people, and then I'm going to close things off today. I'm going to use a typical, two typical analogies. A wife who overspends and a husband addicted to porn. I know, some of you are like, really, do we have to go down there again? Yes, it'll just give you the idea of what we're doing. And because it's typical, many of you will be able to understand it. Okay. Wife loves to shop and spends more money than what you have in the budget. First step, what do you do? Kick her out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Some of you are thinking, yes, that's it. No, 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 no. Step number one, talk. I know this is just revolutionary. Communicate. Right? This is very, very good. Uh, uh, <laughs> thoughts are going through my head right now. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but someone who's wise can hold back their tongue. So, sweetheart, we need to talk. I was looking through the budget. We kind of ran out of like $1,000 at the end of the month. And I was looking through the budget items, and everything's on track except one area. Not so good. Kind of your budget is not so good. Okay? You're having a conversation about this. You understand? Second step, assume your wife wants to change. Assume they want change. Assume they actually want wisdom. So, and, and assume that the two of you are going to walk this thing through together. So it might just be an area of weakness for them, but not for you. That's okay. So in the assumption, you're not like, why do you keep spending? You know you don't have money. No, no, no. It's like, was there something we missed? Do we need to put more money in the budget? Do we need to adjust something? Did you need something for work that we didn't account for? Like, how do we do this thing? Do you, do you see that we went over? Like, having a conversation. You see what I'm saying? Give me an amen or something. Third step, third step, <laughs> don't be foolish. I know we just talked about that, but don't be foolish and brash. You can shut everything down by yelling at them. You idiot wife, what were you thinking? That would be foolish. Say foolish. That's foolish. Grow up for once. Stop spending money we don't have. Foolish. Foolish. Yeah, that's very foolish. So don't be a fool. And the fourth step, come up with a plan together. Okay, so you had a conversation. Assume they want to change. Don't be a fool. Talk this thing through. And you might say, hey, would it be helpful for me just to like cut up your credit card and just give you the amount of money that's set up in the budget? Would that be helpful? Or what do you think would be helpful that we can put a plan together so we're not stuck at the end of the month with a thousand bucks in the hole? Seems simple, right? So people are like, oh yeah, I tried that. I tried it. So then what do you do? Okay, so if the plan doesn't work, then what do you do? Kick them out. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, that's where I'm at. No. Go back to step one. We just now take it another level. Communicate. Remember, you want to help them, and they need a place to become honest and vulnerable. So you're doing that. You, want, you assume your wife wants to change. You say, listen, like, can we talk about this? Like, why is it that you, you spend? Like, why is it that you went over? And it seems like regularly, like, I'm not angry. I just, I just want to understand. And if you're trustworthy, they might even open up to you and let you into their heart about what's going on. They might not have had anyone. They might tell you that they were neglected as a child. They might tell you that every time they say, tried to save money growing up, their brother stole it and spent it, so they learned how to just spend it whenever they had it. It could be something like that. It could be, can't go without, or it could just be, I just can't stop, but I want to. All of these things are not foolishness. They're actually someone crying out for wisdom. Do you follow? They're crying out, they want help. A fool would say, I just want stuff. It's my money, I earned it, I do whatever I want with it, it's mine, so back off. Fool. Now we deal with fools very differently. So what do we do if, suppose they are a fool. Okay, so no, they're not a fool. 
You have this thing, you work it through, maybe you're doing some inner healing together, you come up with another plan that's going to help them. If they're like, it's my money, I do what I want, then we need boundaries, right? Ray Yoder talked about this a while ago. You might have to get separate accounts. You might need to be more drastic. This won't work. I can't support the family alone. You might have to say, actually, till you're ready to work as a family, you need to be out of the house for a while and get this stuff figured out because it's not going to work if it's all about you. You might have to do that. Now, not because you hate them, but because you love them and you want this thing to work. Do you follow me? When you're dealing with a fool, they know the truth, but they don't care about anything but themselves. That's the difference, and it's a huge difference. Same thing if your husband has a dealing with a porn problem. Communicate with them. Assume they want to change. Don't be a fool and yell at them and say, you little rat. Not like that. Tell me about it. How does this work? Let's come up with a plan. I want to help you. Doesn't work again. They come back and they have the guts to tell you, I blew it again. Say, oh, come here. Totally forgive you. I just want you to succeed. I want you to make it. So we put a plan together. We sort this thing through. We're helping. We put some blocks up. We're going to walk with them. I want you to be able to tell me anytime. I want, I want to be someone that you can trust with this. And you walk with them. Maybe you're someone who says, actually, I can't have you do it, but I need you to talk with someone. I, I just can't handle you telling me. I need you to talk with someone. That's good. Now, if the, if the husband says, no, actually, it's okay for me to look at, at porn. It's fine. In fact, it doesn't harm you at all, okay? Totally different. Then we go to foolishness, and we put up a boundary, and we, we have to then walk through that trajectory. Does that make sense to you? Ah, four steps. Talk and communicate. Assume they want to change. Don't be a fool and come up with a plan. You can take that and use that anywhere you want. Wisdom is seeking to follow God and being obedient to Him. Every situation is dependent upon how the person will respond to you. That's why dealing with people, you need the Holy Spirit. It's not black and white. Some of you would really like that. Follow this step, this step, this step, this step, and that's it. It's not quite like that. It's not you go through the list twice and then get them. No, it's a conversation. It's relationship. It's walking together. I want to conclude by saying this. Wisdom is not a set of rules. Wisdom is a person. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's calling all people, it says in the Bible, to himself all the time. Actually, he wants relationship with each of you. And it actually says that so that none are without excuse. God is so crazy in love with you. He wants relationship with you so bad. At any cost, he'd be willing to do anything to get relationship with you. But he still leaves it in our court, actually, if we're going to turn to him and surrender to him. The verse I started off with in Proverbs 1, 22, I'm going to complete it. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. You see, that I tried, I tried, I tried. You rejected, rejected, rejected. Then I'm going to hand you over to that. You're going to have tragedy because of your humanness, and then I'm ready for you. And it doesn't seem very hopeful until we get to this last bit. But whoever listens to me, this is wisdom, or God will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Now that is awesome, because it's the second that your heart turns to him, now we can begin to walk down that road. The second, now we can begin. That's the journey towards it. So perhaps 
You're tired of living foolishly. Maybe you're exhausted from this fight that you're in and you continually put on this front that you are someone that you're not. And that'll kill you one day. I know it'll kill you one day. Perhaps all the pain and chaos that you have, God is actually speaking to you saying, actually I know and I get the pain and chaos and I want you to actually come free. And he says, come to me. Come, would you respond to wisdom? Would you respond to my spirit? Would you come and respond to me? And maybe today, you've all the way through different examples and that inside it's been stirred and you're like, you know that's God. Don't write that off as just a conscience. It's God speaking because he actually wants relationship with you. And so what I'd like you to do is I'd like you all to just bow your heads with me. Just keep your eyes closed. That inner voice inside of you, that's actually God calling. And he says, my child, I love you. I made you, and I love you, and I want relationship with you. He says, I know the chaos that you have inside. I know the yuck. I know that you want to protect yourself. I know that you've been hurt. I know that people have screwed you before. Come to me. I want to take you on a journey of knowing me. Just keep your heads down. We don't do this very often, but I'm, I just would be curious to know. How many of you here today, when you hear this message and it goes on, you say, actually, I'm one of those people, and I actually, I want to grow in knowing God. I want my life to be changed. I want to grow in knowing God. I would just love to know if you just look at me or put your hand up, then I can just see. It's like I've been foolish and I need to change. God, I need to follow you. God, I do a lot of dumb things. Ah, that's awesome. I'm going to pray for you. Let me pray. God, I'm sorry that I've done a lot of really dumb things. God, I'm sorry that I thought that my wisdom was good. God, I'm sorry that I thought that I could just do it on my own and I've ignored your voice. I've ignored you, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, that I've chosen to just follow my own wisdom or lack thereof. God, I don't want to be foolish anymore. God, I don't want to be stuck in simple. God, I want to grow to know you. Jesus, please, would you awaken this in me, God? Would you give me a hunger that is so deep that I would want to know you at no matter what the cost. Jesus, I don't want to be a fool anymore. Time is far too short for that. God, please help me to grow in wisdom. God, please help me to know you. God, please, when I open up the Bible, would I see by your spirit what it is that you're trying to speak to me. God, you are so good, and I love you, and thank you that I get to enter into a relationship with you. Thank you, I don't have to get perfect and then come. I can just come just like I am. And for that, I'm so glad. Thank you, Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Have a little bit of homework here. First off, if, if you prayed and you said, Jesus, I want you, or if you need me to email you back or something, you can fill out your communication card and you just bring it up to me after, and that's awesome. And uh, I'll email you back. Or there's a prayer room right outside the doors there. And uh, if you want someone to pray with you, that would be awesome. Please go there. There's people that would love to pray with you, love to help you to hear God, to respond to him. Someone you could go to and say, I've been foolish. I really need to talk to someone. That's perfect. And my homework for you is up there. Read through Proverbs. Highlight wise, simple, fool, and mocker. And every time you see the words, God, is this, is this me? 
God, how do I be wise coming out of this thing? So that's my encouragement for you. God bless you. Have yourself a great day. Thank you for listening to this message from Southland Church. For more information or to download this and many other messages, please visit us at myselfland.com.